because you don't, as I said, you don't you don't give away money for nothing, and you expect something in return. And um, if you haven't got anything to return, um, as some of these countries have, they're going to be having a hard time, I would guess. Ben, final thoughts from you? No, I fully agree. I think this whole situation calls into calls into question exactly you know, what policy should be with respect to indebting countries. And we're in a situation at the moment where we've ridden on the back of, you know, two decades or one and a half decades of just very, very cheap, free helicopter money flying out of space. And people are now starting to realize in this environment, things have to be paid back. And without the capacity Mm -hmm. to actually pay these back or thinking through what these projects mean for the end state of economics, right? Old-fashioned build your Excel model. What's a terminal value? Will this pay itself back? I mean, it's very questionable how much money is being allocated towards very unproductive endeavors in the world economy. And I'm kind of looking forward to a bit of a reset because it's going to weed out a lot of businesses, infrastructure projects, and initiatives that have for a very long time made very little sense. Okay. Well, sadly, we've run out of time, but thank you very much for that. That was Ben Quinlan, CEO and Managing Partner at Quinlan & Associates. Stuart Allcroft, Asia Fund Management Industry Consultants. And our international economics correspondent over in Washington, D.C., Barry Woods. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Take another look at the markets. Uh, in Australia, things sliding more to the downside. The SX200 off just over 1%. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 is now 0.9%. The Cosby, uh, that's off 1.3%. And here in Hong Kong, looks like the Hang Seng is going to open about 300 points lower in just under an hour's time. Thank you very much for listening. Do join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Back chats coming up after the news with Janice Wong and Anna Fenton. The weather forecast, sunny periods and a few showers. Very hot in the afternoon, maximum temperature around 33 degrees. That very hot weather warning is in force once again. And then there'll be a few showers tomorrow and squally showers in the following couple of days. Temperature right now is 29 degrees and it's 83% relative humidity. Times 8.32. Here's Andy Shirosky with the half-hour news. Thank you, Peter. The police have closed a number of roads in Wan Chai North as part of a series of security measures in the expectation that President Xi Jinping will personally attend celebrations to mark the 25th anniversary of the handover. The Exhibition Center MTR station will close tomorrow. Assistant Commissioner of Police Loi Kam Ho was asked whether the force would change its security plans if President Xi does not attend in person. We actually maintain in close contact with our counterparts, okay, making sure uh, the latest updates. And if there's any latest changes uh, in our president's visits program, we will correspondingly adjust our security measures and deployment in order to reduce or to minimize the inconvenience caused to members of public. Overseas, the head of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, says Turkey has agreed to support Sweden and Finland's membership of the alliance following weeks of wrangling. The Turkish government had accused the Nordic countries of sheltering supporters of the Kurdish militant group, the PKK. Mr. Stoltenberg made the announcement in Madrid ahead of a NATO summit. Finland and Sweden commit to fully support Turkey against threats to its national security. This includes further amending the domestic legislation, cracking down on PKK activities, and entering into an agreement with Turkey on extradition. In light of the progress we have made together, Turkey has agreed 
to support Finland and Sweden joining NATO. The U.S. Congressional Committee investigating the attack last year on the Capitol building by Donald Trump supporters has heard a first-hand account of the day's events from a former White House insider. Cassidy Hutchinson told the hearing Mr. Trump knew some of the crowd had weapons when he urged them to storm Congress. She said he'd heard that a Secret Service agent, Bobby Engel, had to restrain Mr. Trump when he tried to grab the steering wheel of his presidential limousine, demanding that he be driven to join the crowds at the Capitol. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. Mr. Trump has dismissed the account as sick and fraudulent. The British socialite Ghislaine Maxwell has been sentenced to 20 years in jail by a New York court for sex trafficking. Maxwell recruited and groomed underage girls for her former partner, the convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, over the course of a decade. Epstein killed himself in jail while awaiting trial. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and my co-host today is James Ockenden. Good morning, James. Good morning, Janice. On today's program, we're talking about quarantine hotel room scalping and measures to tackle the problem. New measures imposed by the government require designated quarantine hotels to verify the real name of the guests and for full payment to be made when rooms are booked. The administration said it decided to implement the measures with immediate effect after talks with the hotel sector and after no saying the recent sculpting of guest rooms in designated quarantine hotels. So how serious is the problem? And will the government's new measures put an end to it all? After 9.15am, we'll look at a survey that suggests that around a third of music industry workers have left or want to leave Hong Kong as they can't perform due to COVID restrictions. Let us know your thoughts, your questions and your comments on our Facebook page, Backchat at RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at Backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us on 23388266. Now, uh, to kick off our discussion this morning, we're joined on the line by lawmaker Doreen Kong and Ronald Wu, an ex officio member of the Hong Kong Association of Travel Agents. Good morning to the both of you, and thank you for joining us on the program. Um, good morning. Good morning. Um, let's start with you, Mr. Wu. Um, from what you know, how serious is the problem of scalping when it comes to uh, quarantine hotel rooms? I, I think the majority of people actually book directly online. So I, I believe that the scoping issue is actually a, a really small percentage of people that um, are very desperate to, to fly into Hong Kong, either to come back to Hong Kong or to to go back to China via Hong Kong because this is this is probably the, the fastest route or the, the easiest route now available um, or internationally to, to go back to China. So I, I, I don't think this is a very... Um, major problem because um, the majority of people that are using the quarantine hotels actually book directly with the hotel online, um, you know, and according to the, the pricing state, uh, stage on, on, on the hotel's website. And uh, I know your travel agency it doesn't offer booking services for quarantine hotel rooms. Um, what have you been hearing from other travel agents that do? I mean, do they just uh, inflate the quarantine room prices that are listed on the government's website? So, so it's like a, uh, a service charge? Uh, no, I mean, um, a majority of the people that actually book 
with travel agents, they actually offered um, more services. So, for example, they would also offer flight tickets. They would also offer, for example, um, you know, transfer from from the hotel back to back to uh, back home after after quarantine hotels. And uh, you know, I think I think and and because a lot of these um, quarantine hotels do not offer any any commissions to the travel agents, so. Um, and you can expect a person to work work for free, right? So I think it's it's reasonable to to for travel agents to um, to you know to add a service charge to to uh, assist their customers in arranging all these quarantine arrangements. It's not which is which just it's not just only the hotel. It also includes um, maybe perhaps the paperwork necessary for you to get on board um, or any arrangements after that. Miss Kong, what was your view? Um, actually, I am not that optimistic about you know the uh, situation right now. Um, in fact, even after the government announced the three measures, including the real name basis, the payment, and the new three hotels, right, I still received um, some feedback from the citizens, you know, on my Facebook or on email, saying that you know they still got difficulties in booking rooms to return to Hong Kong. Now, well, Ronald, you say it's a really small issue, but the government has, has noticed this. It said it's noticed this and has changed the rules. That would suggest it's perhaps a bigger issue that the government has found, you know, perhaps behind the scenes, maybe not so publicly, but it's obviously a larger issue than people are saying. I mean, do, do we have any figures on how many people are actually booking directly versus how many people are booking through travel agents and how many might be scalped? Uh, the I don't have the issue, but I think I think the the issue that we are facing now is not 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 solely on a, on a pricing issue. It's it's more on a supply and demand problem that I think the government needs to step up and and allow. Uh, there's there's two ways to attack this. I think one way is to have more quarantine hotels available. Second, another way is probably to reduce the quarantine period so you can release more rooms quicker to allow more people to fly in from Hong Kong. Right, but the um, supply and demand issue is really an issue also of fairness, isn't it? Because I think there's there's a view that perhaps some people are unfairly getting ahead in the system, and that means that there are limited rooms, certainly, but uh, it's very difficult for an average person without gaming the system to get hold of one. I mean, what, what do you think about that, Doreen? Um, I think the supply and demand issue, obvious, obviously, is the root cause of the problem. And the government did not and uh, did not provide any figures, any statistics about, you know, the number of people returning to Hong Kong or who would like to come back to Hong Kong. So I think it seems that the government only announced, you know, the hotel, work with the hotels about, you know, the number of rooms that they can offer. But the government did not control, did not supervise the whole system. Did not keep an eye on it. And uh, Ms. Kwong, let's just, just, just uh, I, I know you've had some uh, first-hand experience in uh, booking quarantine hotel rooms. Uh, can you uh, tell us what happened? Um, yes. Uh, actually, a few weeks ago, um, because, okay, I did not travel, you know, um, during this time, so I did not know exactly what the problem, unless, yeah, until a few weeks ago, I tried to book one room for my younger son. So, I, you know, I looked at the website, I checked the website of the government, about the reservation status of the quarantine hotels. And on the website at that time, it showed that, you know, most hotels, most hotels, they, they still got rooms, limited number of rooms with that little triangle. Mm, the red triangle, so, you know, right? Yes, this yeah. is the red triangle. 
So, you know, I, feel, I, I felt very relieved. Okay. And then a few days later, on a Saturday afternoon, okay, I got my tea, okay, uh, thinking that, okay, I, w- I would be relaxed, okay, and look at the hotels and book the hotel, try to call them. So, you know, I, uh, I opened, you know, the website and tried to get the number from the, the numbers from the website. And then I, I called. But, you know, most hotels, in most, for most hotels, they did not have people answering the phone. And then even if I successfully called two, I think two or three hotels, you know, some staff members picked up the calls. But they said to me, you know, all the rooms for July and August are full. So, you know, at that time, I was, you know, I was, of course, very disappointed. I find, you know, the information on the government website is totally misleading. Well, the information does seem to be, it is quite difficult. The red triangle means uh, there's very few rooms available, right? But there's also the green circle. And I looked last night and for July and August, uh, the green circle is everywhere. So it seems like it's very open in July and August on the government's website, at least. Yeah, but I tried last night because because I would like to give some information to the citizens, you know, this morning. So I tried to call, you know, the three new hotels. Say the Bay Bridge on Castle Peak Road, the Prince Hotel, you know, and the Mirror Moon. I call them. I call the three. Okay, and I also check on the website. The government website, as you said, you were right. You know, they got the green one. Mm. So happy, right? But when I call them, they, the, the, you know, the, one, the two of them, you know, the Bay Bridge and the Prince, they are all full yeah. for July and August. And for Mirror Moon, they only got rooms after August 25th. Right. Yeah. So the green circles mean nothing. All, all, all the symbols actually mean nothing. <laughs> <if you ask. laughs> Mr. Wu, uh, what's, your, what's your thought on, on what uh, Ms. Kong has been saying? Is it really that difficult to book these rooms? Um, so personally, I, I agree that it is, it is very difficult. I think there's a big supply and demand problem because I, I also receive a lot of phone calls from families, friends overseas trying to book a hotel. And, and you know, obviously they, 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 they find it very difficult because the, the information being reflected on the government website, the, the green, the, the red circles are not... Are not are not, refle- are not a good reflection of the of the real situation. So I, I think I think we can definitely do do better job in, in telling the, the the general public about the the real situation. And at the same time, but I think at the same time, I think um, reducing the quarantine period would would be a big help because if you reduce, let's say, the quarantine period from seven seven nights to to four nights or five nights, so you're essentially increasing the the supply by. 30, 40% ready, right? So I think that hopefully they will ease the problem and allow more people, especially the locals, to be able to come back to Hong Kong without having to worry about not finding a quarantine hotel. And you just talked about uh, reducing the quarantine period. Uh, what do you think about the 5 plus 2 option that uh, the incoming health secretary, uh, Professor Lo Chung Mao, was uh, reported to have suggested in an uh, SEMP article today? I mean, uh, basically five days of hotel quarantine for travelers plus two days of home isolation. Um, would that significantly improve the situation, Mr. Wu? Um, I think I think we're slowly progressing. I mean, I mean, same, same, at last year, at one point in time, we were talking about 21 days quarantine hotel. If you come from the high risk area, right? Slowly reducing to 14, seven, and now five. So I think I think it's a good progress. We, we're not we're not expecting you know all of a sudden with, um, after July 1st there'll be no quarantine. But but we're seeing a good progress slowly reducing the number of nights at the hotel. So I think it's a, it's a good sign uh, moving forward. Mr. 
Ms. Kong, what do you think about this uh, five plus two option? Would it um, help? I, yeah, I think you know for five plus two or even three plus four, you know there there are a lot of actually you know rumors now you know um, in the market. But if you ask me, I am not happy about the five plus two or even three plus four. Why? Because Hong Kong is an international city. We are not doing you know bargaining in a wet market. For as you know, for this kind of quarantine policy, it is a policy representing Hong Kong. So I think for all these quarantine policies, we must use scientific, scientific, uh, scientific, you know, um, this kind of rule. You know, we must have some scientific basis. So, you know, the government has to tell the citizens why is five or why is three days. So, you know, um, given that right now, the death rate actually is very low. And, you know, most Hong Kong people now have, you know, three jabs. I really don't understand why we still need to, you know, have the hotel quarantine policy. And honestly, if you ask me, if we, you know, if, you know, if we need to put people, you know, for, you know, in, in the hotel for three days or five days, it means the cycle is much shorter. The hotels, you know, most of them, they are small to medium-sized hotels. They need to change, you know, their customers every three or five days. It actually, it will add up to their administration and also to the hygiene, to the cleaning system in the hotel. And I got a lot of complaints, actually, from the citizens saying that, you know, the hygiene or the cleaning condition in those hotels actually is not that satisfactory. Right, they're not cleaning between guests sufficiently yes, or, or during... Yes, three hours, right? Yeah. Cleaning 400 rooms. It's difficult. Right, right. I mean, actually, we had uh, Ben Cowling. We haven't had him on the show for a while. And uh, I was just reading him his research yesterday. He said there's been 12 incidents of hotel transmission in the last 18 yeah. months. So actually, you know, the virus is spreading in the hotels quite significantly. Yes. Yeah. And also the quarantine, the hotel quarantine policy has been here for such a long time. A lot of these kind of quarantine hotels, they did not have time to do, you know, some thorough cleaning, yeah. cleaning, you know, even on the ventilation system. Right. One of the, actually, I, I got one citizen who spoke on a radio program. She said, you know, the hotel even asked her to, you know, turn on the little fan in the, you know, in the washroom for ventilation. It's a joke. All right. Uh, let, let's go yeah. back to uh, Mr. Wu for, for a moment. Um, Mr. Wu, you've been uh, talking a lot about uh, the, the, the problem of demand and supply when it comes to quarantine uh, hotel rooms. Do you think that this, uh, this is the main cause of uh, hotel room scalping here? Um, well, I mean, demand and supply usually when, when, when it's not down, that's, that's, when the, when, that's when scalping happens or that's when you know, some people take advantage of, of the shortage and, and, and decide to... to benefit from it right but but by, by all means from from a travel agent or from a travel perspective we, we definitely support no quarantine you know since day one because nobody nobody's going to travel with when this quarantine or when when relatively speaking when other cities are already fully open you know you look at um singapore look at the, the north america or most countries outside of asia are now are now doing a non no there's no quarantine requirements anymore and travel have resumed to what it was pre-covid almost 
So I think I think from from that perspective, we we definitely support the idea of of you know once you receive all your full vaccination, if you have your PCR test showing negative, uh, we we definitely prefers a, a no quarantine policy. So um, um, and again, travel agents. I mean, none of us would like to do business by by making quarantine uh, hotel reservations for for customers. But it, it just sounds to me that um, on realistically speaking, this will stay until probably um, at least at least for the summertime. Should it be a freer market? Do you think, Ronald? I mean, I think I don't think reducing it to five plus two or three plus four would actually solve the problem of limited supply of quarantine rooms because there's always going to be you know it, you can only book in certain ways but perhaps if the travel agents did get involved and if there were commissions involved it would be easier to pick up the phone and, and get one of these books do you i mean that's what you that's your job right do you think you could uh, change the system like that um i, I don't think travel agents alone have have the ability to to you know scope up you know, hundreds of rooms and then sell it at the, at the reseller, reseller market I, I don't think that's happening um, again, all these, all these, um, you know, uh, prices that we heard on online, I, I strongly believe these are really a, uh, a, 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 you know, a very few cases that that is happening. The majority of people that I know or people that um, I spoke with, they actually, um, even travel agents themselves, they would actually go on the hotel's website and just book for the guests through the same channel as what a, a normal, you know, um, uh, uh, guests would do, which. But again, they're just helping. Some guests are not are not aware of how to book these quarantine hotels, especially domestic helpers, for example, or the, the elderly. They would like someone to help them, and that's what travel agents do: is to is to provide such service so that they can also come to Hong Kong and have a quarantine hotel ready. All right, uh, we have a caller on the line, and uh, hello, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Just a very quick uh, summary of what you guys are talking about. Um, I actually have personal experience. I've actually been trying to get my son back to Hong Kong over the last four weeks. Um, and I've had the whole experience of trying to get a hotel room like many other listeners probably have. And at the end, it didn't work out because everything is full. But then I had to basically go to a special broker and spend three times the price of what the published rate is of the, of the room mm. to get actually a hotel room for my son. So it's definitely... Uh, a scan of the way the things are structured here in Hong Kong. Because it's not fair for the business people and definitely not fair for students that are coming back to Hong Kong. How did you find this uh, special broker? Well, there's, there's definitely ways of getting information when you when you urgently need a room. Yeah. I can there sympathize. A, I mean, I, yeah, I found a room for my parents when they came, but I, that was back in, uh, you know, back in May, so that was a lot easier. But um, yeah. so... so yeah, I mean, all the, all the hotel rooms, you can, if you can get through and, and, and speak to somebody, they're all telling you um, that the hotels are booked out till the end of August. Yeah, now we've got Ronald Wu here from this uh, Hong Kong Association of Travel Agents who said this is a very, very small case, you know, the, the, the markups and the scalping, but uh, we, um, what well, we see I, in the groups. <laughs> well, that was the, only, that was the only way that I was actually going to get a room for yeah. my son. Um, it's not a very basic hotel, but I'm basically paying the same rate for that basic hotel as I would be at the, at the Kerry Hotel. So right. Right. Fair for the people out there. Right. Did you get the sense that that broker, special broker, had sort of blocked booked a number of rooms, or were they? You know, how did they go about getting the room? That's a good question. I mean, obviously they're not going to give you the, give you that information, yeah. but uh, that must be the way that they do it. But uh, mm. there's also information from from colleagues that I had in China that are coming to Hong Kong for business that they're also offering rooms in China at much much inflated rates. But you also don't get a chance to uh, choose your hotel. They tell you what, which hotel it is after you pay, and everything's prepaid. 
to, to, to get a room. Right, and then the, the cancellation policy, presumably, through that broker wasn't particularly attractive. Uh, there is no cancellation <laughs> policy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way it works. All right. But yes, some... All right. Th- thank you. Thank you, George, for, for calling in this Thanks. morning. Thanks a lot. So, so, Mr. Wu, what do you think of what George just had to say? I mean, is, is, it, is it like a, uh, like what you said, it's not a serious problem when it comes to a, uh, uh, booking a uh, quarantine uh, hotel rooms? Unfortunately, I, I don't, you know, as, as, as Ms. Kong was saying, there's, there's no data available showing, you know, um, what is breakdown between how the hotels are being booked. So, um, but, but again, I, 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 I'm not trying to say that there's no, there's no, there's no, no scuffling issues uh, uh, happening in, in the market because when, when there's less demand and supply available, then, then these, these things do happen. But from my understanding, from what I have heard from, from either hotels or from, from uh, travel agents, you know, a lot of them are really just booking uh, through, through the hotel website or even if they um, or providing additional services for, for the for the for the guests rather than just, you know, um, checking up the price by, by double to, to profit from 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 this shortage. Um, I, I still believe that the majority of, of travel agents or majority of people actually are booking the, the, the quarantine hotels through the same channels as, as what everybody else is doing. And uh, now the government has uh, just imposed some measures to tackle the problem of scalping, uh, which required designated uh, quarantine hotels to verify the real name of the guests and uh, for full payment to be made when rooms are booked. Um, Ms. Kong, do you think, uh, what do you think of the measures? It, will it be effective in, in tackling uh, this uh, problem? I don't, think it, I don't think the measures are effective at all. Because, you know, first, is the demand supply issue. Secondly, I think it's the government, you know, actually um, is not looking at the system very closely. So, you know, we are just guessing. Mm. So it is not, you know, it is, uh, it is actually, you know, I, I think got a lot of damaging effect on Hong Kong, if you ask me. Yeah. Mr. Wu? I'm sorry. What, what, what do you, what do you think of the new measures that the government has imposed? Um, again, again, it really goes back to the fundamental supply and demand problem. So, for example, if if we are talking about, let's say, fifty thousand people wanting to come to Hong Kong, but there's only twenty three, twenty five thousand rooms rooms available, you know, there's always be half the people that couldn't book their flight or couldn't come to Hong Kong as on the schedule because of the uh, because of the shortage in, in quarantine hotels. So, and we are seeing that demand right now with with a lot of flights resuming with with the summer holidays with uh, people coming to Hong Kong either either coming to Hong Kong, coming back to Hong Kong or traveling to China via Hong Kong. Um, we we it's, it's, it's very obvious that we have shortage in in, in quarantine room supply. Do you think and, there really yeah. is? If you look at the government figures on occupancy rates of the quarantine hotels, it's not always that high. I mean, they can be sort of seventy to eighty percent. So there obviously are rooms, but there's obviously a lot of inefficiencies too in the booking and in the management of that. Do you think that's uh, an issue that could actually release more rooms up? Or perhaps the travel industry could uh, could get involved with that. I, I think I think I think the best way to tackle this is really to shorten the quarantine periods, because that that is probably you know the, the, a very a very straightforward way. If so, if to uh, to uh, you know doing a five plus two already, you're shorting the, the quarantine period, which essentially releasing more rooms in, in quicker. But if you so solve the inefficiencies, then you're going to release a lot more rooms. I, I think I, I I'm not I'm not quite sure what was was the uh, if there's any hygienic reason behind it. For example, if a certain number of rooms needs to be 
uh, queuing before being used, so that's why they cannot run mm. 100% occupancy. I think I think that that was one of the reasons why hotels are not running 100% occupancy right. is to ensure they all rooms are ready for use before um, you know they have to get sanitized and and uh, be meet, meet a certain requirements before it can be uh, released again. All right, Mr. Wu, I have a Facebook message here from Marcus. He says, uh, if you reduce uh, to five days, I guess he's uh, talking about the uh, uh, number of quarantine days, you end up with the hotel being stuck with two days with all the bookings they have to do, and it doesn't free up rooms at all. It's uh, totally stupid, he said. Um, so, so what do you think of uh, that comment? Um, well, pe- people don't arrive, not, not, not everybody arrive on the same same arrival day, right? So, and it's, it's the same situation now, you know, we, you might have 20% of guests arriving um, um, on one day and another 20% after. So, and and you're being, um, all hotels are are, are used to um, making these arrangements in, in making sure they, they maximize the number of rooms available by shuffling their, their schedule. So I, I think, I think, um, I think we have to understand that people do not come in all, all on the same day. And you know, by slowing up the days, I think it, it will essentially increase the, uh, the supply. And uh, Ms. Kwong? Yes. Um, I think, you know, I would, I would propose to cancel, you know, to take away this hotel quarantine policy. This is a very outdated policy. And the government needs to ask, you know, itself, you know, what is the goal of the government? Whether it is to help the hotel industry or, you know, whether it will damage Hong Kong as an international city. All right, Ms. Kong, and we'll have to leave it there. We're, we're out of time and we have to take a break for the news summary. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Doreen Kong, an election committee lawmaker. Also many thanks to Ronald Wu, an ex-officio member of the Hong Kong Association of Travel Agents. After the 9 o'clock news, we will be speaking to Consumer Council on the quarantine hotel room scalping problem. And uh, just a quick look at the weather. Um, sunny intervals and a few showers are very hot during the day with highs of around 30 degrees. Winds light becoming moderate easterlies and uh, the outlook, a few showers tomorrow, windy with squally showers later this week. Right now it's 29 degrees and the relative humidity is 82%. Has dismissed the account as sick and fraudulent. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Wednesday morning with James Ockenden and me, Janice Wong. In the past 30 minutes or so, we talked about the uh, scalping problem involving quarantine hotel rooms and uh, we also touched a bit on the difficulties in booking these rooms. And now to continue our discussion, we have on the programme Eddie Tong, the Deputy Chief Executive of the Consumer Council. And before we go to Mr Tong, um, just a reminder, if you want to ask questions or just share your views on today's topics, remember you can give us a call. Our number is 233 now, and good morning, Mr. Tong. Good morning, Jadans. Good morning, James. Morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. So, um, Mr. Tong, have there been many complaints related to quarantine hotel bookings? And uh, we are very concerned about the situations on the booking of quarantine hotels, and particularly the, um, the, the, the latest news about the hotel room scoping that seriously affects the interest of, of those coming or returning to Hong Kong from overseas countries. And the Consumer Council received a total of 99 complaints related to quarantine hotels in the first five months this year, representing a two-fold increase when compared with that of, same, of, that of the same period last year. And among these 99 complaints, price dispute and variation or termination of contract 
accounted for 29 cases and 63 cases respectively. Representing 93% of the overall complaints related to quarantine hotels. So there's We're actually more complaints. That, uh, following the mass return of, of students studying, studying abroad in the summer holiday, the demands for quarantine hotels will continue to rise and we will closely monitor the situation. So it's not really clear if any of the complaints are all related to scalping at the moment, right? Uh, up to now, we have not received any uh, specific complaints concerning the hotel room scalping. And we will closely monitor the situation. So people normally complain about scalping, though. I think people who are using scalping services tend to tend to simply, you know, take what they're offered and, and yeah. pay up and, and accept it. I think that there's something about the price inflation. And uh, for the price inflation, uh, that may be because of the, uh, of the huge demand for the, for the uh, quarantine hotel room. And that may be the reasons that, that people will be given the impressions that there, there is that just the, the, the activities of, of hotel room scoping uh, uh, going around. But, uh, that, but according to our, to our complaints, uh, that's, still, that's still not a problem uh, at the moment. And uh, I mean, in the first half of the program, we, we uh, heard from a lawmaker and uh, from a travel agency representative, and they seem to think uh, the problem of hotel scalping is to do with demand and supply. Do you share that view? Uh, I have no figures in hand uh, to to see whether the uh, the, the, the the hotel uh, the quarantine uh, hotel room supplies is sufficient, but uh, that is is quite apparent that the demand is, is huge, uh, particularly during the summer holiday when the, the students study abroad are coming back to Hong Kong. And uh, we'll closely monitor the situation to see uh, whether whether uh, the, the situation will uh, deteriorating and we will uh, uh, like to see uh, the government uh, to do some things about it uh, uh, to uh, such as contacting the um, uh, the hotel owner, uh, urging them to convert their hotels into uh, the quarantine hotel to meet the demands. All right, I have a message here, an email here from Guy. He says, uh, well said, uh, George, that's uh, referring to our previous uh, caller. Um, he goes on to say, I would imagine that dodgy travel agents are plugged into dodgy quarantine hotel staff who notify the agents whenever they get a cancellation caused by flight cancellations. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, ICAC should be investigating. What's your view? I mean, uh, Mr. Tong, you just said uh, the government should be uh, doing something about it. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, from the complaints we have received thus far, uh, quite, quite a number of complaints are, are actually related to uh, the, uh, the consumers failing to check into the, uh, check in the hotel because of the flight cancellation. And that gives rise, that, and that gives rise to, to disputes between the, the hotels and the consumers. And, uh, but whether that such an in such incidents will amount to any uh, criminal offence to be investigated by ICAC, uh, I have great great reservation because uh, that 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 may not be uh, because I don't have the the, 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 the actual uh, situation in hand to realise whether uh, there there should be a case of the corruption or or any.
anything like that. But who, who is looking at this then? Because you say you've got no figures in hand. We had the Travel Agent Association saying they've got no figures. The lawmakers got no figures. Who has got any numbers on how many people want to come back to Hong Kong? How many tickets, how many uh, hotel rooms are being scalped, for example? Who's actually looking at this seriously? Uh, I think the government should uh, uh, have the figures about uh, the, uh, the flight ticket booking. Because, you know, everybody is coming back to Hong Kong, they need to uh, stay in the hotel for, uh, for seven days uh, as a current as a measure. And so uh, they will know how many hotel rooms uh, will, will be needed. And so I think the government should be able, should be able to, mm. to, to have, uh, appreciate the situation. And, uh, and it's a simple calculation, uh, as, uh, I think, because uh, the flight, the flight coming back to Hong Kong, how many passengers coming back to Hong Kong, they, they will know how, uh, the demands uh, for the, uh, the, the hotel room in Hong Kong for quarantine purpose. And so they can actually work it out uh, with, the, with, the, with the hotel owners, uh, trying to uh, meet the demands for, 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 for those coming back to Hong Kong for quarantine. All right, uh, Mr. Tong, I have another email here. It's from Andrew. He says, uh, Dear Backchat, too few hotels officially made available for quarantine has been a Hong Kong policy to stop people traveling to and from here for over half a year. Agents capitalize on this buying up rooms. I paid a 12.5% booking fee last December for my wife and son to stay 21 days in a hotel. After all three of us... Uh, uh, wasted many hours online to find no hotel availability on government and hotel websites. The policy of declaring too few hotels quarantine hotels continues, um, so agent scalping will also continue. What's your? Do you have any comment on this? Uh, I think this is uh, uh, a headache at the moment. Uh, because uh, uh, because of the pandemic, you know, and uh, the the quarantine measures have been being, have, have to be in place, uh, so the people coming back to Hong Kong have to stay in the hotels for, for seven days as, uh, as, uh, for quarantine. And, uh, and uh, that 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 I think uh, that is very very difficult for the for the for the, for, for for every one of us. Uh, to yeah, resolve the problem right now because of the pandemic situation. But I think of that if the government can have a, a, a better uh, monitoring about uh, the people coming back to Hong Kong and the number of quarantine uh, uh, hotels available in the market and, uh, and try, to, try to meet the demand, I think that that is the, 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 the way we can resolve the problem. And uh, Mr. Tong, at the, at the start of our interview, you, you told us uh, that the Consumer Council has received uh, 99 complaints so far related to uh, quarantine hotel bookings. And uh, you expressed concern about the next two months when uh, many students may be coming back yeah, to Hong yeah. Kong for the summer break. Uh, how, I mean, how, how do you expect this? Uh, I mean, do you think uh, uh, this uh, problem will worsen significantly? And how, how many uh, complaints do you expect uh, you will get over the next two months? Um. The, the demands will be huge, uh, I can assure you that, because uh, we have many students studying abroad and they were coming back uh, to Hong Kong for, uh, for some holiday. And uh, so I would like to remind uh, consumers that uh, before they, they book the, the flight to back to Hong Kong, uh, they, they should be advised to book the hotel first. And uh, because of the huge demand, I think, 
uh, the uh, the government should liaise with the hotel's owners and try to increase the the number of the hotel room for the quarantine purpose and to to meet the demand. Otherwise, the people uh, without uh, without a, book, a hotel booking, they will not be able to come up there, to come back to Hong Kong for to enjoy the summer holiday. All right, uh, Mr. Tong, I have a caller on the line. He's uh, called Mr. Miller. Good morning, Mr. Miller. Hello, Mr. Miller. Hi. What would you like to tell us? Um, well, I recently returned to Hong Kong from the United Kingdom and it stayed in a quarantine hotel. Um, I'm not familiar with any scalping, but I think this hotel gouging now because the hotel I stayed in. Um, it charged $1,250 a night, and I notice now that it's bumped its price up for the eighth cycle to $1,600 a night. So hotels seem to be putting their prices up excessively. They have been actually steadily, I think, since 2020. A, a lot of people have noticed, yeah, indeed. But, yeah. but, I mean, I, I, I mark up from 1250 to $1,600 yeah. uh, between the seventh and the eighth cycle seems to me to be grossly excessive. Yeah. What do you think about that, Mr. Tom? Uh, I think the situations uh, can be alleviated if uh, the government can uh, persuade uh, more hotel owners to convert their hotels uh, into a quarantine hotel so that uh, more rooms uh, can be available in the market. And what do you think, I'm Mr. Tong, let me ask you, because you're with the Consumer Council, what will be the outcome of some of these complaints? You've got 99 complaints. Now, my experience with the Consumer Council is you get a lot of emails back saying all along we are monitoring the situation, you know, much as you've just said to yeah. me. Nothing ever really happened. So, I mean, do you have any teeth? Will you be fighting for these consumer rights? Uh, actually, uh, most of the complaints after our intervention have been resolved it. And... Uh, because most of the complaints that we have, we have received uh, are related to uh, those who are unable to come to come back to Hong Kong due to a flight cancellation and they, they can't check into the hotel at, 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 at the point time. And uh, at, at, it's mainly due to the refund arrangement. And uh, after our intervention, most of the complaints can be resolved. Most of them get, uh, most consumers get their refund. And, okay. uh, they actually do get the refund then? Yeah. Okay, because I think that's one of the, the big issues is the cancellation policies. Forget scalping for a moment, just looking at the hotel when you book it. I booked for my parents and the cancellation policies were horrible. And given how likely we thought a cancellation would be with all of the flight cancellations, it, it seemed to us unlikely we'd ever see any money back. Can they be adjusted at source? Do you think the government should be pushing the hotels to come up with better cancellation policies? Yes, uh, they will, this will surely help uh, because... Uh, more, uh, because it is, it's out of the control of the consumers with themselves. Yeah, because you have no choice, right? You have to accept that to book and so it. So I think the, the trade that we, are, we, are, we like to urge uh, the hotel owners to be more pragmatic in dealing with this kind of situations because it is totally out of control of the consumer. And that they should be more forthcoming in arranging refund to the consumer. And that is our, our, our advice to the, to, the, to the hotel owners. All right, so Mr. Tom, let's go back to uh, what uh, Mr. Miller was asking earlier, because uh, you're, you're halfway through answering his uh, question. He, he's wondering why um, hotel room prices are, are increasing. I think it's just a, 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 a very simple uh, uh, case about the, um, the demand and supply. And uh, when the demand is huge and the supply is not enough, then the, 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 the room rate will, will go up. I think the, 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 how the market uh, operating. Uh, but of course, uh, as, as I've just said, 
if this, we, we can we can uh, uh, increase the demand, uh, the, the, the supply, uh, and to meet the demand. Uh, the price which goes down is natural. Well, the government is uh, is planning to, or it has added uh, three more hotels in the eighth round. Uh, is it enough? I mean, they're going to offer 900 extra rooms. Uh, I think whether it is enough, it's very, very much depends on how many people are coming back to Hong Kong. So uh, if the government can, uh, can actually uh, estimate the number of people coming back to Hong Kong, and to uh, try to uh, uh, make arrangement with the hotel owners to meet the demand. I think that that would solve the problem. All right, uh, Mr. Miller, do you have anything else to uh, um, ask, yeah, well, Mr. Tom? I have actually another, the, uh, an issue which is not really a topic for today's conversation, but it is a major issue, is the government's policy of cancelling or stopping airlines flying because they've carried excessive numbers of people with COVID. In my own case, I had five flight cancellations through this policy mm. before I was succeeded in getting back to Hong Kong on the 6th. Mm. And on each occasion, I then had to try to get my money back from the, the airlines. I then also had to try and get my money back from the hotels. Yes, the hotels paid the money, but sometimes they took two to three months to mm. give your money back. It seems to me this whole situation is ridiculous. Yeah, right. how much did you spend in total? I mean, obviously well, got... at one time I was out of pocket by over three thousand pounds. Right, and uh, I'm still waiting for money from one of the airlines, uh, who British Airways, who, who appear to be grossly uh, understaffed and can't answer simple questions. Um, so um, it's, it's very annoying. Very annoying indeed. Sure. All right. Uh, all right, Mr. Okay, Miller. I have thanks. nothing else to say really other than that. All right, Mr. Miller. Thanks, thanks. for calling us this morning, and that's our caller, Mr. Miller. So, so, Mr. Tong, do do you have anything to add to uh, what uh, Mr. Miller just said? Yeah, for the uh, flight cancellation, uh, because it uh, uh, involved the uh, current policy, that I've been not in positions to comment on on it. And uh, for the flight cancellation and and and, 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 and the refund on drive from the airline. Uh, if Mr. Miller have any problem with it, uh, uh, he can make a complaint to us. And uh, I can assure you that uh, the uh, Consumer Council uh, will, uh, is committed to uh, help consumers to get there to uh, protect their interests. That's not really been my experience with the Consumer Council, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, we, we, we may not be able to resolve all cases, mm. but uh, they, according to our figures, we have the, the, the successful rate for our resolutions around 70%. And so uh, if the consumer have any problem with that, uh, they can call us and uh, we can we can try to resolve that, the problem with, uh, for them. Okay. And uh, the successful rate of 70% is, uh, is quite uh, uh, satisfactory as far as I'm concerned. All right. And just finally, one, one last question before I let you go, Mr. Tong. Um, as you know, the government has just imposed some measures to tackle the problem of uh, scalping of quarantine hotel rooms, uh, which require a designated uh, quarantine hotels to verify the real name of the guest and for full payment to be made when rooms are booked. Um, do you think it'll be effective in, in tackling the problem? I think this will help because uh, this will certainly uh, prevent the problem of uh, ticket rooms at the, the hotel rooms company because only those who have made the, make, make, make the hotel booking can, can, can check in. 
I think that this will certainly help to, 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 to prevent the problem. All right, Mr. Tong, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's Eddie Tong, the Deputy Chief Executive of the Consumer Council. It's now 20 minutes past nine, and it's time for us to move on to our next topic. And it's about the uh, live music industry in Hong Kong. A new survey carried out by the Musicians Foundation found that around one in three music industry workers have left or want to leave Hong Kong as they can't perform due to COVID restrictions. To find out more about the study and the struggles faced by live music performers here, we're joined on the line now by the group's founder, Chris B, who's also a singer and guitarist. Good morning, Chris. Uh, good morning. Hi. Right. Thanks yeah, for thank joining us for on Back Chat. Thank you for joining us. Um, can you first tell us a bit more about your study? Um, yeah, because we, because so many things have changed. Uh, I actually did a study um, in 2020, um, July, and then uh, things have changed a lot. That was, you know, the first, second, third, fourth, now fifth wave. So we just thought, let's see what the situation for the music industry is like now um, after, you know, sort of like allowed to perform, allowed to have shows, not allowed, allowed, not allowed, allowed, and then, you know, vaccinations and sort of, you know, I, I would have to say that the people in the music industry have kept on top of everything, like <laughs> the earliest to vaccinate, the earliest to like, yes, we will comply with everything, um, but yet um, sort of a minority that um, I, I read <laughs> that don't matter, apparently, according to our um, outgoing leader, exec- chief executive, rather. Right, don't matter how, as in, the, you know, obviously they've been banned from playing, which is the, the, the worst thing that could probably happen to a musician, but also lack of financial support, is it? Yes, both, both of them, yeah. And, and I'd like to reiterate, it's not just musicians, because... Um, it's bars, clubs, hotel function rooms, and such. So, you know, there's no no live music at weddings, um, your annual dinners. Um, so, uh, th- these involve like um, sound and PA and lighting and technicians. So, it's uh, not just musicians that have been affected. We have to remember it's 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 bigger than that. And and yeah, financially they've been left out. But honestly, these um, these grants. Um, I, it was interesting, like the the tur, the recent one, the temporary unemployment relief. Um, I encouraged a number of people to apply that that I knew were, you know, seemed to qualify as far as I could tell. Yeah. Like worked from October to December and then were unable to work because of the government restrictions. And I didn't know of anyone who successfully applied for it. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> which which to me was really interesting. Which was why we put that into our survey because I was wondering well, did anyone get it yeah. um, and and at this time round two years later trying to talk to people and get them to fill a survey there was a lot of apathy and like it doesn't matter the government's already said we're a minority and we don't matter um, right. and yeah and there's a lot of pain out there yeah, sure. I mean, well, because most even I, I'm a freelance writer, so, you know, right, mm. I can write throughout this. But, mm. I, you know, obviously, uh, live music has been one of the the worst hit. Is there is there any sort of outlet? Uh, has this uh, has music moved online or anything? I mean, it sounds horrible to me, but, you know, can, can people play live <laughs> online? <laughs> online shows and, right. and, to, and technically people like venues with um, places of entertainment license have been allowed to have live music for like two or three months now that yeah. includes like Ocean Park, Disneyland 
And it's wonderful that some some people in the music industry are able to work at these venues. Yeah. What what is you know what is quite strange is that how does the virus know that it can't go into Ocean Park but can go into somewhere else? You know, uh, the virus doesn't know what licenses are. So. <laughs> right. And Chris, if like、uh, your survey suggests, that、uh, many musicians or performers are leaving or planning to leave,、uh, how big of a problem will it be for Hong Kong? Oh, it's it's actually it's it's a huge problem.、Um, it might not sound like a lot, like a third, but you've got some amazing musicians who have gone like you know they played with jazz legends and others. Yeah. They go, you know. So when when. It's all permitted again, and like let's have our wine and dine and etc. It'll be like okay, let's get a band. The bands are missing key players, key performers, key singers, key sound engineers, like because they've gone somewhere else. So it will be a struggle at first, honestly. And, and do you think these musicians or performers who have left,、uh, do you think they will return in future when anti-epidemic measures are relaxed further? Yes.、Uh, Some may, but if they're if they're having a good life wherever they are, why why would they? Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, I it's it's hard to say. How many musicians、yeah. uh, have uh, a sort of second job? I I, I know actually some you know, some classical、uh, pianists and, and and jazz players who really it's their full time calling, but they do also need to work to make money. I mean, mm-hmm. How how common is that that they have sort of second jobs and and are those ones with second jobs are they doing okay or is it just the ones that have, are sort of full time musicians and rely on that income?、Uh, they're both both sectors、right. are really affected because some some musicians teach right yeah and some switch to teaching but actually I was listening to some teachers music industry teachers sharing with me their situations like you know、uh, there was a period of time where. They had to do Zoom. It's very hard to focus young people <laughs>、yeah. on Zoom, especially if they're having online school on Zoom.、Um, there's a lot of competitiveness when it's online teaching. Yeah, it's,、um, yeah, it's, it's actually much harder than people think. Yeah,、um, than teaching in person.、Um, yeah, so they they have a lot of struggles.、Um, not everyone who is a musician or a sound engineer can suddenly switch to teaching either. Yeah,、um, yeah. Some some have their plan Bs with their certificates and all that, which is great. But I think we were all caught out because first we had the social unrest where events were being cancelled into a one night. Right. And we thought, oh, okay, it'll get better. And then when COVID first hit, everyone left to go to the UK and Europe, right? Yes, and people right. were like, oh, it's like SARS; it'll be fine. So they were okay with borrowing their money or using their savings. Most people were using their savings in two thousand two, but no one expected six, nearly six hundred days of not being allowed to work. That's awful. That, <laughs> I don't think even even financial coaches say have six months in reserve, <laughs> right? right? Not a year and a half. So. Yeah, it's tough. What do you think about、uh, Civic Exchange put out an idea about public space recently, which was about allowing、uh, sort of paid buskers and sort of having proper auditions and paid pitches around the city. This could be a good way to support the music industry, could it? Or do, do you think that's a good idea? I, I think it, it, it's a good idea. Yes,、um, the, I hope it's implemented easily.、Um, and who would who would be 
judging if it's good enough. Yeah, it will be like the Covent Garden uh, situation, you know, where they have sort of panel. Uh, but yeah, exactly. You have to see who's judging. It's not some government uh, official. Yes, yes, because then we'll just have, you know, violin players, which they're lovely, but yeah. the whole com- Covent Garden was uh, the creativity you could see, right? Yeah. And here. And Chris, um, there's a few more days to go before the uh, incoming chief executive, John Lee, will take office. Uh, what expectations do you have for him and his team? Oh, we have, we have high hopes. Um, we've heard he's a team player and um, that hopefully he'll, he'll realise, although, you know, the music industry is small, it could be very important. It could, you know, uh, you know underline, underscore Hong Kong being a world city, you know, like, because, you know, South Korea is a thriving music industry. Other places, you know, London, as you mentioned, it's like Hong Kong ought to be there. Right. Do you think we'll see a return to a big festival? We just finished Glastonbury, obviously, in the UK. Do you think there'll be a clock and flap or something like that coming? Or would that help local musicians? Uh, I think things like clock and flap, for your previous caller was talking about quarantine, that would need that to be resolved before. Because, um, you know, even if you're uh, a major artist, spending seven days in quarantine is and you're being paid for it, it's not very exciting. I mean, you could turn it into something exciting, but these these performers are in high demand elsewhere in the world. So, yeah. like, go to one country and just go in, play the festival and leave, or go to Hong Kong... But we could have very local clock and flap, right? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> we could again. have a very local clock and flap lineup. Could do. They could do. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think the issue last year was because of the licensing, right? Yeah. You can You can have live music, but you can't have F&B at the same time. Right. All right, Chris, um, we'll, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again okay. for joining no us this morning. And that's uh, Chris B., the founder of the Musicians Foundation. Also, many thanks to you for your emails and comments and to our callers, George and Mr. Miller. And of course, to my co-host, James Ockenden and my producer, Yuki. Now, here's the weather before we go. There will be sunny intervals and a few showers. The very hot weather warning is in force. Highs expected today of around 33 degrees. The winds light becoming moderate easterlies. And the outlook, a few showers tomorrow, windy with squally showers later this week. 30 degrees at the moment, relative humidity 78%. It's the 25th anniversary of Hong Kong's return to the motherland. And the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region is celebrating its 25th year. This special occasion is for every Hong Kong citizen. A wide range of events are being held to celebrate the anniversary with the public. Join in the celebrations and share the joy. Together we shall move forward to a brighter future. Visit hksar25.gov.hk for celebration event details. It's 9.30, the news with Andrew Shirovsky. Thank you. The police have arrested a 20-year-old man in connection with the shooting near Lang Kwai Fong earlier this month. The force said he was arrested yesterday for conspiracy to wound with intent. The news comes after the police.